You're listening to the Boho Business Guide podcast, the only business podcast dedicated to the dynamic mix of wealth, wonder, and wellness behind becoming a balanced CEO. I'm your host, Olamide Michelle, business consultant and licensed trademark attorney. I'm so happy you're here and hope you'll show your support by sharing, subscribing, and listening each week. When should I get a therapist? This is a key question that actually a lot of therapists get. And as it is May Mental Health Awareness Month, I could not let this season pass without getting a licensed therapist and expert herself on the show. So I'm not even going to dive in any further before we introduce Miss Damaris. Go ahead and say hello and let everybody know what you do. Hey, yes, my name is Damaris Johnson. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I also own a group practice in Atlanta, Georgia called the Walk of Life Counseling Center. Our website is thewalkalife.com. Find us on Instagram at thewalkalife. So that's what I do. I'm also a wife and a mom. I got two crazy kids and I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, just living life. Love it. Love it. The two funniest, cutest kids, by the way, Damaris and I go way back, you know, here on the Boho Business Guide, we love to showcase other female entrepreneurs to share their stories and to explain really how they started a business, because at times some of those tips can be very practical for other listeners looking to either add a side hustle or to become a full-time entrepreneur. But even more so, I feel like taking a little bit of a nugget or a tip that we can apply to our lives from your expertise is always going to be valuable for us as well. So I know therapy is hot. People are starting to become way more aware. And I would say more importantly, more accepting of therapy. And it's becoming less and less taboo as our nation becomes more air quote woke, right? So you told me that clients and potential patients tend to say, when should I use a therapist? How do I know I need therapy? I know what my personal answer is, but I want to hear from you. What would you say to someone who's navigating that question? Yeah, it is a big question. I get it so often. Um, honestly, I get it more probably from friends and family now that I think about it, because obviously, you know, I'm not going to be their therapist. Um, and by the time a person reaches out to our office, they've already decided they want to see a therapist. But I truly, truly, truly believe that everyone should see a therapist at some point in their life, right? Now, I will say um, one thing I like to just kind of be really clear about is that the range of emotions that we experience are a part of life. Like that is the human experience. So that means that just, it doesn't mean because they're not always happy that something is wrong. Like feeling sad, feeling anger, feeling guilt, feeling frustration. That's just a part of life. When we really know it is a challenge though that we need to seek out help is when it's starting to impact your day-to-day living. So if it's impacting your ability to sleep well at night, if it's impacting the way you are relating in personal relationships, marriage, work relationships, um, then you know, okay, something is going on here to that point where I'm not able to manage what I'm experiencing on an emotional level well. Um, Another time where you want to see a therapist is when you have a change in your season. So for example, I love, this is one of my favorite parts of my job is doing premarital counseling because there's nothing necessarily wrong in the relationship, right? But you're entering this covenant, this really huge season of life. You are adjusting to being engaged and becoming a married person. 
So that's a good time to seek out a counselor. In this case, you do premarital counseling, right? So it's a lot of education and preparing for what's coming, not because you're going to make your relationship perfect, but you're going to learn some tools to help you navigate just a new season. Um, other seasonal changes are becoming a mom, you know, um, becoming a recent college grads. A lot of times, you know, it's just, you know, navigating and adjusting to that new season. So when you think about like a, a, just a change in your personal season of life, that's also usually a really good time to seek out a therapist to help you kind of process what you're experiencing. Um, somebody who can help you understand what's healthy, what's not healthy, you know, give you the tools if things are not going well for you. Um, so yeah, that kind of is my answer. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I think that's really important. I think the number one thing that you said, which I personally agree with, is that everyone should see a therapist at least once. I think understanding that therapy doesn't mean you're mentally ill or that, you know, there's some kind of issue with you or something that people should label. It's really support. It's like you call your girlfriends, you call your family, maybe you vent to your mom, but sometimes wouldn't it be better to speak to a professional that in some sort of coaching counselor therapy world, the same way you could chat GPT and answer or WebMD yourself to death, quite literally, or you could go talk to an, an actual licensed physician, right? Or speak yeah. to an accountant or talk to a lawyer. It's going to feel a little bit better when someone can support your feelings and help you understand what's actually going on instead of you driving yourself crazy, right? Yeah. Um, so yes. yeah, thank you. And, <laughs> and I feel, go ahead. Let me go ahead and just jump in there real quick. You know, and I, I'm, I'm very, I like to think I'm, I'm pretty transparent. And I let my clients know, like even myself as a therapist, I see my own therapist, you know, so it is not necessarily, sometimes there are mental illnesses that we, that would be the reason we see a therapist, but you know, there is something that we call like a tune up, you know, just wanted to check in with someone because life is, life can be crazy, you know, and, um, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and having somebody who can be a neutral party to your convert, your internal dialogue sometimes is helpful because, if I talk to one of my sisters and I'm venting about somebody, you know, that's stressing me out, they're going to be biased because they're my sister, you know, and they may not be able to help me see things in a more neutral way and kind of have a more clear headed mind about it. So I just like to put that out there. Like every great therapist has their own therapist as well. So I hope that helps to kind of normalize, you know, that, that part of taking care of your health. Yeah, we all need support. We all need community and experts are there for a reason. So I feel like with this month being mental health awareness, as I said, it's just really important to remind people, just as we have Black History Month or Women's Month, really, we should continue to talk about these things every single day because mental health is daily. Self-love is something that needs to be daily. I know that you also have a product line that features some really fun kind of t-shirts and different types of swag items like coffee cups. Are you still promoting that? And is that something that you add in conjunction to your practice? Yeah. So my therapy Inc. Um, website is mytherapyinc.com. Instagram is at mytherapyinc. Yeah. Don't um, worry, girl. We're going to put all <laughs> of the links. We're here to yes, and we, shout out everybody. So we will definitely be sharing those details. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, we came up with my therapy Inc. as a way to kind of try to move forward the idea that like mental health should not be stigmatized. Right. And so a lot of the products you'll see are just kind of like almost like conversation pieces. If you're wearing this shirt out, if you have this mug, if you have this journal, it kind of eases that conversation when you are talking about mental health. And so that way you're hoping by doing that, the stigma around mental health can kind of slowly start to go away. 
Um, and, you know, when I first got into this field over 10 years ago, it was, there was a lot more stigma around it. There was just the idea that like, this is kind of hush hush. You don't tell somebody when you're seeing a therapist, you don't talk about, you know, if you're feeling anxious or depressed. And now, you know, I have so many, my younger clients and I say younger, like, you know, 20 to 30, like they're so comfortable, you know, talking about where they're at emotionally and their, their generation is just really like going after it. And I love that. And I think it is important for us to support that so that this momentum that we have continues on for all Absolutely. to come. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the new kids on the block, so to speak, are definitely far ahead in so many ways. I do have my, you know, minor criticisms, of course, as like an old auntie now, but I think that like the way they address social situations, relationships, uh, acceptance of culture, health and wellness just overall is really beautiful. And we definitely, as like the quote, older folks could definitely take some notes from that. And it's just, it's crazy how little time, you know, we're talking just five to 10 years age difference, and it's already doing so much better. And I know I'm sure with your younger ones, you probably see that progression even more than maybe when we were eight or five years old, right? So everything is becoming more normalized. And I personally, notice that when I wear a t-shirt with any kind of like fun phrase, um, affirmation or any kind of identifier, it really does become a conversation starter. So I uh, don't have my choose happiness shirt on right now, but I love the message because it is, is it, it is a bit of a choice. And even if you're struggling to find happiness, I think also choosing to seek help in order to figure out how you can find it is also part of that choice. So We'll be uh, tagging My Therapy Inc. so you guys can support the Black-owned business and the positive message behind everything that, that Damaris's company um, represents. So speaking of being Black, speaking of being women, and just like stigmas in general, we were just talking about uh, Lady Danbury for anyone who has already <laughs> binged all of Queen Charlotte. If you haven't, go do it. You're going to be crying both happy and tears of despair. I'm not even kidding. I've never been so emotional in a positive way from watching a Netflix series. But uh, Shonda, Shonda Rhimes did an amazing job. And what I thought was really cool is that for anyone who doesn't know, I am Nigerian American, both parents from Nigeria. I am a first generation US citizen. And Damaris, tell us what your background is. Yeah, so I am Eritrean American. Uh, my parents are from Eritrea, which is in East Africa. And I myself was born in the States. Nice, nice. So the reason I say that and the reason I talk about Queen Charlotte is that the character who plays Lady Danbury, the younger version, Arsama Thomas, I just found is also an Atlanta native or at least had spent some time in Atlanta, which, you know, Damaris and I are actually from. And she's half uh, Habasha, which, you know, for people, Eritrea and Ethiopia were once Together, they're not, you know, you can explain the historic background, but essentially she is half and half both of our regions. And I just thought that was so cool and so cool to see that she broke a lot of stigmas because a lot of times people from our areas of the world don't become, you know, these amazing like actors and actresses or people known for any kind of like scandalous or pop relevant trendy role. I think we also saw that in um, Snowfall with uh, the main character there as well. It's like he's Nigerian background and it's like breaking that stigma can be really difficult. And I think when you talk about it in therapy, it's even worse. We already have so many things that we can be a little bit more old school, um, you know, more conservative in our thinking, not politically, but as far as like cultural awareness, 
what do you, what are your thoughts on that? And just in general, like as a therapist, as a first generation African-American? Yeah. Um, so this is, it's interesting. When I first went to grad school, I was like, I want the population I work with to be first generation immigrants. Like I was like, just dead set on it. Um, because I myself am a first generation, right? So I've experienced that that struggle and continue honestly to to experience that struggle, like that dual identity of being American, but also African. Um, when you're younger as a kid, you are taught how to be American at school so you can fit in and not get teased. But when you, the moment you get home, you also know how to be African so that your parents will not feel like you're disrespecting your culture. Right, right. And, and that is from a young age to learn how to man, like to navigate two different identities can become, you know, it can go from being a strength to what can become crippling, you know, as you get older, because you don't quite feel comfortable, you know, just experiencing yourself in its fullness because this idea that I need to fit a certain mold. And for a lot of us growing up, there wasn't a mold that looked half American, half African. It was one or the other. And to try to straddle the fence of both felt very as though you're dishonoring one or the other. Um, and so a lot of times now that I'm in, in the field, when I first started out in practice, I realized that a lot of immigrants don't pursue counseling because the stigma was real and it still is, but not as much as it once was. And I'll say like in the last three to five years, I've started to have more um, clients who are first generation immigrants from all parts of the world. And one of the common issues that comes up is kind of like, how do I, how do I live my life fully the way I want to live it without fear of disappointing my parents or without fear of like not being accepted in the American culture, you know? Mm -hmm. And so seeing this character, you know, on, uh, she's being, you know, Lady Dan, Dan Furry, I can never say her name right. (laughs) But I think it's like, wow, she's really doing her thing by, she's, I mean, she's really got all kinds of identities, right? Like she's, but it's not, is it all kinds of identities or is it, this is her identity, right? There is one person, one identity, which is inclusive of a lot of parts of her. And I think that's what for myself, even as an individual, I came to learn over time is like accepting that. It's not that I have dual identities, but I have this identity that has two different cultures that are part of it, but it creates this one identity for me. Um, And so, you know, I think that if I can say one thing, even to my younger self or to other first-gen immigrants is like, you know, just move away from the idea that you got to figure out how to fit into one or the other and instead like learn to embrace that you can create and become your own self and it'll be received well when you are being genuine. There's nothing better than being genuine to yourself and for others to see that. No, that's so well said. I feel like you hit all the key buzzwords on the head because it's like the experiencing your fullest self is really the part. It's like, yeah, you might be a super brainiac, nerdy person who loves academics and you become a doctor, but you actually secretly want to be an actor or a professional dancer and you don't pursue it simply because of stigma or maybe you're struggling with certain things and struggling with certain decisions, but you don't seek out help. You don't even tell your parents you're struggling because they're going to potentially judge you or at least that's the story we tell ourselves. The irony is that Half the time, our parents are not as uptight as we think, but because of that duality, we kind of got confused. And as these, you know, individuals who are living these multiple versions of our lives, that confusion creates narratives and 
therapy is really what helps you break down those narratives. At least that's what I figured out through whether it was dating trauma, um, relationship struggles, even just like navigating business partnerships, friendships, anything, right? You start to realize like, oh, I think I wasn't living to my fullest potential because I thought my mom would hate that idea subconsciously, right? And later you finally realize once you're older and so much time has passed that they didn't care like at all. And we were just stifling ourselves because we were living a conflicted identity. And um, another thing you said that I think is really cool and really important to take away is that it's accepting the genuine nature of ourselves. And I think going back to what you mentioned about the younger generations, they do a really good job about this. It's like, we might've called it being eclectic or being weird or being weird Mm -hmm. is cool or, oh, you're so multi-dynamic or dimensional or something. But like to them, that's just, you're just being you. And it doesn't need to have this like confusing other label. Um, So hopefully that identity understanding is just growing and like it's here to stay and we're going to just allow people to be people right so um yeah Yeah. and I will say like as much as I have a love-hate relationship with the internet social media (laughs) specifically I think it has been one of the driving forces for like making things just better you know with the cross-cultural component of that right you know like once upon a time, we were all in our own bubbles. Like being American, you were in this world of America, being African. But now, you know, I think our parents' generation are even open to it. How many of our parents and maybe even grandparents are on social media? Oh, yeah. Their exposure is like, I mean, they see a lot more now. And I think it, that's helped to embrace the idea that like, hey, some people have parents who would give them a hard time for pursuing yeah. like this young actress, you know, pursuing acting instead of being a doctor or whatnot. Right. And when you think about it, like kind of going back to like, okay, yeah, they may be upset or maybe they have this idea of what you should be doing, getting to the heart of like, why, why is it that they want that for you? Is it because they're just really, really, really passionate about medicine? Or is it that at the end of the day, what they want for you is like financial security, you know? Absolutely. They want stability for you and understanding like the, the heart of what they're going for kind of helps to separate, like, is this culture versus like, okay. There are some fears here. They're trying to parent the best way that they know how in a different country. Yeah. And I think the key is, is that all intentional, thoughtful, caring parents are all doing the same thing in every different region of the world. It's just that the standards are different based on whatever they were exposed to and what was normalized. So to your point, it's like, yeah, the technology, social media has tons and tons of negatives. I have like a massive con list, but we can't deny the fact that technology and social media has some major pros as well, including that exposure and the normalization of so many different topics and concepts that make people realize like, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't a valid thought I had or, oh, this is more common or normal for young people to experience or to desire than I realized, right? So yeah, I mean, funny enough, you know, that you mentioned just the reality of my parents. It's like my dad called me this morning, maybe three, four years ago, he would have been like very strict about what he considers a successful path for business, right? They are entrepreneurs who didn't discover entrepreneurship until maybe around my age or older. And um, now they have this daughter that they try to sometimes be like, are you sure you don't want to find a stable job? So it's like quite ironic, but it's not because they want it to be a specific label. They want security and safety and wellness for their child. But now he's like, oh, I just saw that 
this tech writer for AI, anybody who has creative skills is making so much money. You should apply to this. Like all these like very (laughs) unconventional roles that he would have never considered, but because he's reading the news, he's seeing the update of this like world we're living in where like different roles are making money or doing well or having fun. He's like, just do anything. Like at this point, like, I don't care. Just like be safe, be good, be well, but make money. Yeah, right. Still be financially stable. <laughs> yeah. Make money if you want to paint, but if the painting makes money, they're all for it. It's the yeah. it's the starving artists one that they're not for, which who could yeah. blame them? Yeah. Yeah. I remember my, my dad first heard about Tiffany Haddish. He was, oh. she, she's she's a retreat American. Her father's Eritrean, and her mom's American. And he was in awe, like, oh my gosh, she's famous. <laughs> like, she's like, <laughs> I was like, oh, so now it's okay to pursue acting. Exactly. Like, now it's okay. They need to see someone else kind of like go through the motions, find success, yeah. find happiness. And then they're like, oh, there's no shame in this. I'd be super proud of you if you were this like iconic person of the world, right? So anyone who's listening who also finds that whether you're a Korean American, you know, any like you're Indian American, African American, we all have this very similar narrative. And I think it's also important to try to seek that out because mental health is also finding a little bit of likeness in our community. It doesn't mean you have to live a segregated life where you're only around people who are just like you, but it definitely helps to have these lived experiences because I think people forget that being brown or being white is not really the only level to it. It's like we're black african-americans but then we're the first generation to actually live the american life so it kind of confuses the things amongst maybe we're in an all-black friend group we're gonna have some different opinions and feelings and lived experiences that maybe we need to work through with a therapist and i love that you said your firm actually has so many other first gen so if that's a criteria someone needs they're able to actually seek that out and hopefully it starts to catch on that this is a great a great path to take in the profession. So one of the kind of like final questions I want to ask is really along that line of how do you choose a therapist and what sort of questions do you feel are actually going to be most relevant? Yeah. Um, Great question. Uh, So I always say, listen, first of all, you know, I may be a good therapist for person A, but a bad therapist for person B. So it's not that there's good therapists and bad therapists, but there are good therapists for you and therapists that are not good for you. Um, so you always want to learn and figure out how can I best um, decipher how well I can connect with this person. A lot of folks offer a free consultation. If not a consultation, they usually have a lot of information about themselves on their website or social media. Um, but one of the best predictors of success in therapy is having a really good therapeutic relationship with your therapist. So if you have a therapist that has all the degrees, all the certifications, all the licenses, but you don't feel connected to them, if you don't feel like you can really vibe with them, it doesn't really matter. You know, like you really aren't going to get much work done with them. On the flip side, you may find a therapist that's an actual, a grad intern, but you are really connected with them. Then that's the therapist for you. So I would focus on figuring out how can I get to know this person, whether it's through a consultation or through their website, and also be open to the idea that like, you know, the first one may not be the best fit and it's okay. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not, but don't stop there. Reach out to another therapist. Um, Referrals from a friend or somebody who's already seen that person is usually a great way to go. Um, Your doctor usually can have a list of referrals for you, but again, that's just kind of a general list. They're not going to really know who will be a good fit for you as an individual. 
And then also be open. If it's your first time going to therapy, listen, as a therapist, we understand it is really wild and weird to just talk to a complete stranger and like tell all your personal business. We recognize that, you know, so we don't always expect a person to just open up right away. So if you need a few sessions to kind of just feel the person out, get comfortable and build that like trust with them, by all means, do what you need to do. Um, and of course, if you want to use your insurance, make sure you call your insurance company and see who's under or in network with their insurance. Yeah, no, those are really great tips. And also better help is something I use because at first I paid out of pocket to my fellow entrepreneurs. We don't get no benefits. There's no compensation package. So you typically have to be savvy and creative and figuring out how you access some of these um, important wellness services. So definitely check out other apps that provide some sort of package or prorated service because all they're doing is really assigning you still to licensed therapists, psychiatrists and counselors. Um, obviously look at your specialty. If you have ADHD issues and you're looking for someone for that, or you're really looking for a marriage and, um, you know, premarital counseling, something like that, you, you might find Damaris and her team. So I think just in connection, just figuring it out best you can. Do you have an, other resources for people on a budget who still value therapy? Yeah. So, um, even with the individual therapists that you meet, if you are on a budget, you can always let them know. Um, most therapists do have a few sliding scale spots on their calendar. Um, most of us got into this field because we want to help folks. So you'll usually see we do either a pro bono slot or a couple reduced rate slots. Alternatively, um, there are, um, oh man, I cannot remember her name right now. Oh, Taraja P. Henson. I can't remember the company, but Taraja P. Henson's nonprofit if you Google just those two. Yeah, we'll do a little Google search <laughs> before we, uh, this, uh, this show notes are about to be very full. And yeah. so I, I believe her nonprofit was offering either free or reduced rate, um, like vouchers to see a therapist. Uh, so there's a lot of options out there. Um, Psychology Today is one good one just to help you like, it's like a yellow pages for therapist. Um, and then Therapy for Black Girls is another one for searching a therapist that's in your area that takes your insurance or if you don't have insurance to see what their self-pay rate would be. Love it. I just had to meet myself. The joy of living in New York is you never know what random sound is going to go by. <laughs> you can't really tell the universe to pause for your podcast, but thank you for those additional resources. I'll make sure to add all of them to the notes. I think this is really good. And as a businesswoman, as well as a therapist, a mother, a wife, is there anything you feel like people should take away for starting a business and then maybe more specifically for starting their own therapy practice? Ooh, um, you know, be flexible. There is nothing more necessary as an entrepreneur than to be flexible. When you, once you are rigid in the way you expect things to go, you will be just um, entrepreneurship is a journey. And part of that journey is known like it is parallel to like your life happening as well. Right. So I'll just kind of share real quick. When I first started my practice in 2015, January, 2015, my plan was to just be, you know, a solo practice, just me in my little office, see my clients. I had no plans to have a group practice whatsoever, but you know, God had other plans for my life. And the weekend we were moving the furniture in to the office, I found out I was pregnant with my first kid. Oh, wow. 
I had no idea I was going to be pregnant. We had just signed this three-year lease in Buckhead, which is a ritzy part of Atlanta. And I remember my husband was like, um, so you got three years here. What you want to do? And I was really, really not like, I'm not that pregnant person who enjoyed being pregnant. I was like nauseous and sick and tired all nine months. And that was a quick, you know, pivot for me from like, oh, this is how my first year in practice is going to look to, oh, I can barely stand to work because I'm always throwing up. Yeah. So I slowly but quickly started to realize I'm going to have to hire other people to work here because this office is here. It's furnished. And that's how it started. I, you know, I hired one therapist. I hired two. And I got pregnant again. And I was like, I guess this is just what we're going to do, you know. And here we are. It's been eight years. Eight years. Crazy. I didn't even realize that. Well, first of all, congrats. That's definitely a milestone (laughs) to celebrate. And I think a key tip, we hear pivot, pivot, pivot all the time because we think that just means like, oh, we got to update our products. Oh, people don't like cups anymore. They like t-shirts, but really it's deeper. It means true foundational flexibility, like you said, because we can just sit here, quit, be discouraged because life is happening to us. Or we can actually adjust with life and be like, oh, okay, this is happening because maybe God is trying to tell me that I need a team, right? So I like I like hearing this story because even as someone who has known your journey somewhat as on a personal level, I didn't even realize these details. So it's really yeah. it's really interesting and important for you to share. So thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, well, we want to wrap things up because, you know, we have life to do. We got to pick the kitties up. Uh, We as in you, not me. But thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Boho Business Guide podcast. If you want to connect with Damaris and learn more about her practice, as well as some of her amazing products she has for sale, you know what to do. I'll be sharing everything in the show notes, as well as some of the other resources for finding a licensed therapist in your jurisdiction. So Hope you guys enjoyed this and I will chat with you all very soon.